0: I totally agree, and that's why, like you know, doing a podcast that forty people listen to
1: is also like really important. What's up, fool? That's my dog. Hey, that fool calm down. And then I told that fool, I said, "Stock yourself forever, ever. No, bro. Really sorry for saying, bro. Hey, come on, fear mongering. I know, clown. It's all fake. I know what you're up to. All right, maybe it's not. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I'm just a fool. fool. Oh yeah. Talk full radio. Uh, what's up dogs? What's up? My dogs. I'm, I'm your dog. What's up? Um, this is Stephen Lee Clark. It's been a while. What's up? Uh, I took a little holiday vacation and I was like, I was like, okay, I'm going to go through all the, the interviews. Right. And put together a list of like the coolest, you know, funniest, whatever the fuck. Right. And I was just like, man, oh yeah, fucking end of year lists are stupid, right? They're dumb. Go listen to the shit. Who cares? And, and ranking shit is annoying. I don't know. I was just like, I was doing it and I was like, okay, Hey, the audio quality from like, I don't know, I'm still, still getting the shit together. Right. Sounding better and better. And, uh, you know, back when we didn't have any producers to help us, uh, we sounded like shit, right? So, okay. That's why I didn't do that. Also, you know what? I needed a break. I needed to hang out with my mom, my nana, my dad, my boy Brandon. I went home, right? Uh, And it was the holidays. It was cool, whatever. Um, My nana's birthday is on Christmas, right? So, because she's a she's a powerful yet delicate angel. Right? So, so her birthday is on Christmas and that was the biggest celebration of all. Right? So I went home, chilled there. I didn't really hang out with anybody because I don't know. I was just, it was just in, you know, straight up family mode, which I really like. Okay. So that was cool. But also, you know what? Like, I did start to go a little crazy cause I, okay. I read about this thing called family jet lag. Right. And I guess it's a real thing and it has nothing to do with your family, but it has to do with you have a fucking rhythm in your life. Right. And, and especially if you're like me, I'm a very, uh, routine driven fool and, 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 and I'm, and I'm by myself 95% of the time. Right. So when I go home, and I'm around family and it's like interacting with people. The second I wake up, yeah, they're in my family. They're amazing. They're cool as fuck. They're beautiful. They're wonderful. We're all, we're all, we all get along so well, but it was just like, damn, I'm not in New York. I really love it here. Uh, I can't go for my walks. I can't go to my coffee spot. I'm like that fool, you know, I'm going to be one of that that old, that old fool, that has a paper under his arm and goes and gets a coffee, right? Every single day at the same spot. And they're going to be, and someone's going to be like, Hey, what's up with you fool? And I'm going to be like, well, don't talk to me. I'm scared of you and I'm gonna run away. Right. That's going to be me. I'm going to be an isolated old weirdo fool. Right. Uh, which I'm down with. That's cool. Um, so what else? Uh, well, it's a very dark time in my life, right? Very dark, very dark time. Um, quite literally because the power's out. So I'm just sitting here in the dark talking to you guys. Uh, it sucks. I don't know why the power's out, but uh, I got to rush this before my computer dies because I don't have any power. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's a very weird, weird time. As in time. I just, I only literally mean like right this second. It sucks cause the power's out. Um, so, you know, it's wintertime here in the beautiful, most amazing city in the world, New York. And let me tell you something, uh, it's still new to me, right? So I'll look outside and it'll be snowing. I'll be like, Oh my God, shit. And I'll just fucking get all my stuff on and like go outside and go for a walk. Right. And the other day, uh, it was snowing immensely. Right. And I was like, fuck it, dude. I'm going to go for a walk. my friend AC was in town I went and visited her. And then when I literally walked, fucking all day right and I was just like this is amazing whatever and I just walked I walked for fucking miles in the storm right and and or in the in the in the snow storm uh so I was, you know it was wonderful it was beautiful I got home and I was like to my roommates I was like dude it's amazing out there and they were like full calm your ass down we lived here forever and I was like yeah okay you're right uh but then I woke up next day and Uh, I'm a little sick, right? Uh, what an idiot, but you know what? Uh, so if you, if you, if you hear that in my voice, just know that it's because it's fucking enchanting outside. Well, not anymore. Actually the beautiful layer of, of white have turned to sludgy piss and shit snow. So whatever, you know, uh, it's not that nice anymore, but still it's really nice. Uh, I thought I would hate the cold, Uh, I do hate the cold, but not as much as the utterly oppressive summertime. Um, Okay, so what have I been up to? Uh, I started doing this really cool thing. I started volunteering at this independent radio station, right, called 8 Ball Radio. I did this in LA with one of my best buds, Kern. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of him. I only talk about him fucking every episode, right? But... Kern asked me if I want to do his, uh, you know, go on his show with him, Parhesia Hour, right, which is wonderful, uh, at K-Chung Radio, right, and, and, and in LA, and so I did that, and I kind of was just like, holy shit, I fucking fell in love with independent radio, it was amazing, so when I came here uh, to New York, right, I was like, okay, I got to get into this somehow, okay, I really missed it. I really liked it in LA. Uh, so, you know, I put the feelers out there, put the tentacles out there. Uh, and I found this place called the lot, uh, which is amazing and wonderful. Also, it was more of a DJ thing. And I was like, I want to get hands on with the shit, right? Love podcasting. I love production. I love recording. Uh, so I kind of want that to be my future, right? Want to get into that somehow and finagle some fucking money out of it right someday I don't know probably maybe um but so somehow got hooked up with eight ball radio and went and was like holy shit this is exactly like K-Chung it's like a clone it's like a weird clone right which is sick so uh yeah. Got into that. I volunteer there. Now I station, uh, doing some station managing and I have my own show. Actually, uh, I have a show on eight ball in a couple hours and it's called brain problems, right? Because my friend Juan, uh, in the Bay area and myself, we used to always say like, man, I'm full has brain problems and, and I miss one a lot. So, uh, yeah, I I, I call it brain problems because I get to think about Juan uh, at least once a week, right? Um, which is you know, that's a that's a step down from how much I usually think about him. So brain problems. Uh, I got that show. It's more music driven. I play a lot of shit. Uh, and then yeah, so I started volunteering for Eight Ball Radio, and then I realized like, oh fuck, they like do a lot of cool shit, right? And the radio is only half of it. So. I figured out that they have this like whole activism side to it that I fucking love and you know, it's nonviolent. So I'm with it and like they get together and talk about things going on in the community and they set up uh basically, what do we say on here? Right? We'll get into this on the interview, but what do we say on here? Information, information is key, right? So basically eight ball is all about the spread of information, which is fucking wonderful, right? Uh, they set up classes, IE self-defense classes, uh, um, just a bunch of stuff. Like I think there's, there's going to be a cybersecurity class, Uh, there's gonna be, uh, protesting in like a proper nonviolent way class, just stuff like that. Right. And it's really wonderful and positive spread of information. I'm super into it. The people that are doing it are, 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 are amazing and, and hyper intelligent. And so I feel lucky to be a part of it. Um, so getting a bunch of stuff we're getting, uh, getting some vehicles together to like, have like a transit from here to DC for the women's March, which is coming up, um, that fucking rules. Uh, so yeah, you can, you know, they have uh, a or whatever. Oh no, it's eight ball radio community. Uh, something. Okay. So you can check that out, whatever uh, you can Google it. It's, it's, it's all there. It's easy to find. I've done it. Um, it's early in the morning, so my brain's not working. Okay. This is another thing I learned. Don't do shit that's important like this early in the morning because my brain takes a little bit to wake up and the coffee, uh, it only helps so much you need, especially when the fucking power's out and it's dark, right? Uh, in more than one way. So, you know, whatever. So one thing I forgot to talk about, uh, in the beginning about the holidays was Christmas was the worst thing ever. And I don't know if you guys know this or knew this, but Christmas was going fine. I was having a great time with my mom, my Nana. And then this, you know, utterly important event called the Raiders game happened. And I literally watched Derek Carr break his fibula. Right, so it was devastating to me. I instantly ran to the kitchen and started cutting off my own fibula so I could send it to him. My mom was like, Stop doing that, it's stupid. I was like, Full, there's a bunch of technology out there, it's where you can transplant a fibula. Uh, I would honestly, I'm sitting here, I'm out of the emotional tunnel, right, that's collapsing in on me. And I'm looking back and in hindsight I would still absolutely give that fool my fibula. He would do way cooler shit with it than I do. Um, what do I do? I just go on walks. Oh, cool. Uh, that fool carries the fucking team on his back. You know what I'm saying? And I love him for it. And he's a very positive human being and he's very inspirational to us all. So if anybody has a fibula, they'd like to donate, you can send it in. You'll be just like a producer. I'll put your name in the show notes. Uh, and we'll send it over to Derek Carr. He's a beautiful human being. Um, so what else? I missed you guys. Uh, chilling. I've been chilling. Oh, this is one very important thing. I don't know why I was looking around my room. I have a pretty nice size. Oh, I mean, excuse me. I was looking around the lab. I have a pretty nice size lab. Right. And then I realized like, okay, it's very fucking cluttered. I'm looking around right now. And it makes me want to throw up cause it's cluttered with stuff, stuff got fucking stuff everywhere. Stuff, right? Fucking stuff. So I was like, so yesterday, this is yesterday. I was looking at all the stuff, right? And I was just like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to get rid of half the stuff I own. Cause I don't need it. I don't need the shit. Uh, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to get rid of half the stuff I own. Um, you know, you look in your T-shirt drawer and you're just like, "Ugh, why do I have all these fucking band tees?" I and you know what? Uh, I know everybody says this, but I have fucking six hundred tees and I wear two of them, and they both smell like shit, and I only wear two of them because I like them, and they're not even band tees; they're just fucking black T-shirts. What the fuck? Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh. So yeah, I highly recommend just getting rid of a bunch of stuff, stuff. What the fuck is it? You know, stuff. I'm not happy because I have fucking books that I read three fucking times. You know what I'm saying? I'm a big rereader. Uh, no, doesn't make me happy. Uh, it doesn't make me happy that I have five fucking of the same XLR cable when I only need two or three of them. Yeah. You need a backup, whatever. Two or three. Do I need five? Fuck no. Right? You accumulate stuff, stuff. You don't fucking need the stuff. I have, okay, this is not a made up figure, okay? Not made up. I have 46 jackets. Let that resonate. 46 jackets. Why? How many do I wear? Ask me. How many do you wear, Stephen Lee Clark? I wear fucking two of them. Two. And one of them is a fucking Big O Tires jacket. I just really like it. And my friend Brandy gave it to me. It means a lot to me. That's it. I mean, what the fuck? I don't, I don't, I don't need all this shit. I mean, I'm sorry, stuff, right? So basically, yeah, I have fucking 50 pairs of shoes. What the fuck do I need that for? I don't need that shit. And only wear one of them ever. Uh, so getting rid of a bunch of stuff. That's another thing. The, uh, eight ball radio is having a community garage sale and all the proceeds are going to women's shelter, right? So that's a great idea. I'm going to do that. Get rid of all this fucking stuff, right? I don't fucking need it. Uh, Okay, well, that felt good to get off my chest. That was a bunch of emotional stuff, right? Um, anyways, so, a couple cool things about this show. A, Happy New Year, okay? Uh, fucking thank God we made it out of 2016, right? Because, luckily, in 2017, no celebrities are going to die. I know you guys are fucking tripping on it. Guess what? Fucking... 375 years ago, Galileo died. That motherfucker gave us the fucking telescope. Do I see anything about that? Fuck no. Nobody gives a shit about that. Anyways, sorry. But, oh, thank God we made it out of 2016. That was the worst year ever. So luckily... TM fucking Z said that there's new technology where no celebrities will die in 2017. So all you fucking fools are fucking happy about it. Okay. So congratulations. We made it out of 2016, 2017 is going to be infinitely better and better, right? Cause it just fucking gets, it just keeps getting better. Right? Uh, so happy holidays. I hope you enjoyed yours. Okay. Back to being serious. Um, so, oh yeah. What else is cool? Liz Pelley, is today's interview and let me tell you something Liz is a fucking amazing human being and and you and me are lucky to have sat down and talk with her because uh, she does a lot of cool stuff right everybody does cool stuff. everybody does cool stuff right everybody's cool everybody's cool cool everything's cool right no but what Liz does is very important right it's very important in today uh in today's day and age in this day and age it's a very important thing Im- oh, oh, information right so uh liz is a vital cog in the information mach- uh, spreading machine right and, and 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 it and with in her world it is very well maintained and oiled machine because she is very good at what she does, and she's very active. Oh, I'll save that for later, though, because we're going to talk to her. Okay, what else is special about this? Uh, I have a project called Field Agent, right? So it's just some weird electronic music. The whole point of it is do whatever the fuck I want, right? Uh, and I, within the next month, have a split coming out with my good friend slash brother, Mark Ganya. And you know, Mark, uh, he's in Granite Mask and we had him on the show a long time ago, right? So me and Marker boys, we're putting out a vinyl split and today I'm gonna play uh, my side of the vinyl split. I would play Mark's, but I haven't talked to him about it yet. So, and you'll get it anyway, so don't worry about it. Uh, but I'm gonna play my song, which, and it's going to be the premiere of the brand new song, uh, I Who Am Speed, from Field Agent, right? Field Agent is the project. So that's cool about this episode. Um, All right, so I love you. Once again, you all are beautiful people, you do really cool things, uh, and the power's still out, okay. So, as all you know, you can find talk for radio on Facebook, on Twitter, on iTunes, right? Download, download, uh, fucking subscribe, subscribe, right? Download and subscribe to iTunes. We got, we're on Stitcher. We're on TuneIn, uh, <clears throat> download. You can go to the website, right? Talk dot radio.com. Say what's up. Um, and you know, So there's, there's coffee cups still. We got a few coffee cups left. We're getting low. Uh, I'm going to have to renew those. And let me tell you something. I'm going to have t-shirts sometime soon, but as of right now, I literally have like $16, right. to my account, uh, and so t-shirts are a little more expensive than that. Um, yeah. So we're going to do that. It's all good, but let me tell you something you can help with the t-shirts or just the overall quality of life, uh, for your boy. That's me because New York is expensive as fuck. And this podcast is, uh, just something that I really love to do. So what would help it? If I didn't have to work fucking 82 hours a day, right? To afford rent in the most expensive city ever, uh, besides London and Paris. So, uh, you, you can donate to Talkful radio. Uh, and it's really wonderful thing to do because as you're going to find out independent, uh, publications and podcasts and just like people spreading information, uh, for the love of spreading information, because I love information, but I also love you. Right. And people that love information, it's a really important thing. So uh, I was a little discouraged. I was a little uh, as naturally you know, but talking to Liz made me realize like dude, I do this because I love it and it's fun and it's and it's important to spread information of artists and uh, just intelligent people and uh, people like Liz that do a lot of cool things, right? Because we love cool things as long as it's important in the spread of information, right? So you can go to talk radio.com and fucking donate, right? You can hit the donate button. Um, and, 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 and if you donate, right, we are, if you donate to talk for radio, you are a literal producer. You're a producer, right? Uh, you know, there's executive producers, there's associate executive producers, there's producers and you are them, right? And, and, and we, Stephen Lee Clark, the head coach uh the red pill the offensive coordinator uh we appreciate everything right and it makes our life easier because if i'm not fucking slaving away right working some fucking job because i can't afford to live here and i'm able to do the interviews takes a long time do the editing do the recording just the organizing all that shit right uh it makes my life a lot easier. So, you, if you donate and become a producer, your name will be in the show notes. And you know what? It'll just, it just means a lot because it prolongs the inevitable, inevitable downfall of this podcast because everything dies, right? Not to get dark. The power's still out, but not to get dark. But yeah. So every dollar prolongs the existence of Talkful Radio, right? And we appreciate it. Um, And I would love Talkful Radio to be around as long as possible, right? It's possible. We love possible, right? So uh, if you download, I mean, download. Well, you can download too, and that's a huge way to support us. Uh, but if you donate, you become a producer, your name will be in the show notes. Uh, I will say your name in the end of the credits and I'll personally thank you because it means a lot. So go ahead and do that. Uh, again, you can, we got some coffee cups up there, but you know what? Thing that matters most is the spread of information. So like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, uh, us, I mean, Stephen, the Clark and the red pill and, 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 and subscribe. Right? Subscribe, download. Uh, iTunes, right? That's what's up. Um, okay. So, oh, yeah, you can follow us on SoundCloud too. Uh, whatever. Okay. So, I love you. That's the end of the business section. You're wonderful. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. Peace. Liz Pelly. Okay. So, Liz Pelly. That might sound familiar because her sister Jen, Jen Pelly, right? We had her on here. So the Pellies are amazing, right? They do all this cool shit. They're hot. They're they're very active, right? And and, and it's like it's like this weird thing that's embedded in their DNA, right? Okay, uh, I haven't met the younger Pelly, but. Uh, well, and also apparently the younger Pelle lives like five blocks from us, which is absolutely offensive to me because I haven't met her. Right. But, uh, apparently she's doing a lot of cool shit too. And, and, and I met their dad and he in the six seconds that I met him, he was super cool too. Uh, and they do a lot of cool shit. I miss their mom. Their mom was here and I was gone and I wept, but, Pellies, they're fucking cool. It's embedded in their DNA, right? Which is crazy. I wish, I wish I could borrow some Pelli DNA. So, um, Liz, Liz is amazing. Okay, I'm gonna list it off to you. Watch my fingers, okay? A. Liz, Liz is hyper intelligent. B. She does a bunch of cool shit. Uh, C. She's very consistent and and and, and stays active. Uh, and number four, she does like she's a huge staple in things that matter to me, like DIY stuff, uh, just independence altogether, like the independent spread of information. Which you've heard me, I'm Stephen Lee, the broken record Clark right? And uh, information is key to everything. We talk about that. So when I, when Liz Pelly moved in with us, right? Yes. I live with two Pelley's. It's fucking sick. Uh, I was really stoked and, 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 and I talked to her. Oh, you'll hear about it. But a long time ago, Jen was like, dude, you and my sister would be cool as fuck. And I was like, yeah. And she was right. Weird. She's a Pelly. Always fucking right. Right. Um, so, Yeah. I'm super excited to have Liz on here again. I said it earlier. I think I see it later. Uh, not only does it, does she do cool stuff? The stuff that she does is important. It's important, right? In all of our lives. Okay. So without further ado, this is my interview with the amazing Liz Pelly. Kelly, how's it going?
0: Hey, not too bad.
1: Yeah, um, I'm pretty super to, happy. Oh but, yeah,
0: pretty easy to be on time for an interview when it's in your kitchen.
1: I know. <laughs> well, the last one we did with Jen was in her room, and it was like Tight. it was like texting like, "Hey, I'll meet you uh, in your room in an hour." So it was chill. Nice. Um, yeah. So. We did uh Liz's sister Jen not too long ago and then since then uh Liz has moved in and it's like really made our apartment this very uh well it's like it's just a really good vibe here at all times, right?
0: Cool. I'm so yeah. glad. Yeah, I yeah, did. it's really
1: nice. Um and so, you know, I knew this before you moved in, but then, you know, since you've been here uh, just, like, I, you're just always busy, and, and I started putting together all, like, oh, yeah, Liz does the media. She does a lot of work over at Silent Barn, and you do just a, sh- a million things, and you're always busy, and I really... And it's, like, it helps me, because, you know, I'll wake up and be like, fuck, I got a lot of shit to do today, you know? Mm. But, yeah, um, so... What, what, what exactly do you do? There's a, I know you write, you always say like, I have to go interview somebody, like blah, blah, blah. So yeah. What are just uh, a lot of things that you are doing right now?
0: Yeah. Well, the, I feel like the the main thing that I do for work is that I'm a freelance writer for a few different publications. um, And usually I'm just spending a lot of time during the day answering emails from, Editors are coming up with story ideas, sending out pitches, um, transcribing interviews, finishing up ed- rounds of edits on stuff, um, and I do that, and then I also do a lot of volunteer work and um, at the Silent Barn,
1: yeah.
0: um, so I'm a part of the programming team at the Silent Barn, which just means that I answer a lot of emails about shows that people want to book, and then look at our calendar and facilitate dates and I work with a group of other volunteers on that and then um also I'm part of the staff at Silent Barn so the nightly staff who work shows um bar door I don't do sound but I uh, work with sound people and um host and then and then the media which is um a project that I've been working on since 2013 with some friends um that's basically a a serial ad free web publication that started out as a a weekly thing um where we post a new issue every Thursday and over time it sort of evolved into um a sort of different rhythm of just kind of naturally when we have time and energy and articles we put up new issues once or twice a month
1: yeah um yeah, dude, I feel that so hard when I started this podcast I was like I didn't have shit going on and I was just like I'll do an episode a week easy and just (laughs) literally every single day was working on it and then I was like oh my god and I think that like burned myself out really quick
0: yeah but it's cool because I feel like that's where a lot of the energy behind starting cool new projects come from is when someone is just really so excited about it that they're down just kind of drop everything and just throw themselves into it and when we started the media I feel like it was just this moment where We were all just super down to like drop everything else that we were doing and just like really put all of our energy into it. And I think that that often can lead the groundwork for something actually uh, happening and, you know, being able to exist for a long time. so.
1: So this is, yeah, that's to me is so, it's amazing because when I first, I think, not first met Jen but when when like one of the first times i really hung out with her and and we were talking i think we talked for like 20 minutes and she was like dude you and my sister would be like super cool because i was talking to her about news and and a lot of stuff that was like you know bothering me but also interesting me like and and she was like dude you have to check out the media and 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 i did and i was like holy shit this is very in line with like what i what i like and what i like when, so basically, what what is the media to you? Like when it, when you started it out, what was the what was the goal, or or now, what is the goal of the media?
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I do think that the goals when um, my friend Faye and I started the project are like way different than um, my goals with it now. Are sort of like the role that I see it playing now. Um, so when we started it, basically. Um, Faye and I. Faye's the creative director, and I'm sort of the editorial director. Um, and for people who aren't aware, it's so the media it's found online at fuckthemedia.com with a V instead of a U. Um, and it's just sort of like a uh, yeah, online cultural publication that covers mostly music and underground culture, but we also try to um make space for interviews with activists and you know any sort of political coverage or social commentary or just interviews with people doing interesting stuff um and when we started it it was because we both had been working at an alt weekly in boston the boston phoenix um not for super long at the time it felt like i'd been working there forever but i had only been there for two years and i think i had been there for around a year um, but it was a you know really inspiring experience getting to be in the newsroom of an uh, alt weekly with a lot of history. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that it was it was sort of around the time that it was folding. There were just all these articles that were coming out that were sort of obituaries, sort of reminiscing on the golden age of alt weeklies and when independent media meant something and the role that these publications played in coming out of actual. Um, underground cultural communities with subversive mindsets and i think i was just sort of frustrated thinking this culture does exist now but there aren't a lot of publications that come out of this culture and it's not that there aren't a lot of zines but i think that um something about all weeklies is that they were always trying to you know like take that spirit but obviously it was a little bit more make kind of making it more accessible you'd Mm just find them on the street and stuff so i think some of the idea was sort of like taking the p- the politics of the cultural communities that we were involved with and presenting them in a way that would be, you know, accessible to um, a more general readership without compromising um, the, you know, economics of the publication, um, uh, like in a logistical sense. We didn't ha- want to have ads um, and we wanted to be community supported um so the site doesn't have any advertisements on it and i think we were a little more ambitious at first thinking oh we'll have fundraisers we'll totally eventually be able to pay people um but it just sort of the way it's played out is that it's a volunteer-run project and Mm -hmm. um you know every year we have a year-end editorial meeting that's open to the public and anyone can come and often uh we set out with the idea that we'll talk about stories and issues and then a lot of times we spend a lot of time talking about um, whether or not it makes sense to try to pay people or like yeah. whether like, you know, the, that aspect, that logistical aspect of the publica- publication. And this year someone said something in the meeting that really resonated with me. There's like, you know, at this point, this is kind of like an activist project um, mm-hmm. in that there aren't a lot of publications online um, that we being ad free is and being against, you know, like, um, clickbait and uh, sensationalizing headlines and stuff is so integral to the very fabric of the publication that in that sense, it's almost an activist project. And often, like I wrote an editorial about this a few months ago, but I do oftentimes when working on the project feel like... It's a, a cultural publication as much as sort of a media literacy project to me because I hope that when people go to it, they see the articles and the interviews and everything that's there, but also everything that's not there yeah. um, as well because um, it is a really bare bones um, aesthetically, um, which is very much thanks to Faye because when we launched the site, she did all the design. And um, I think that, you know, in our mission statement, there's a whole part called um, aesthetics. As ethics, I think this is what it's called, and about how the design of the website is very much like intentionally um, part of the the mission of the project as well, for it to be very simple and not flashy. And yeah.
1: yeah, I think that's I think that's great, and I think one of the reasons that I was really drawn to it is because this whole I have a thing with I'm you know I'm super into the news uh, I read a lot of I just just advertising in general. And I've used this example before, but I remember uh, watching the news and, and, and when that dude Lamar Odom, I don't know if you remember, but this dude Lamar Odom, he was like a famous basketball player. He like went into a coma at like, he basically was found in a coma at like a brothel or something. And when they released his toxicology report and on all the mainstream news channels and all that stuff they were they basically said you know he had cocaine he had blah blah blah, and he had sexual enhancers and i remember thinking to myself like oh my god they're not allowed to say the brand names of what he had in his system and it's because the pharmaceutical companies are the biggest funding towards like a lot of the mainstream news medias and that like set this like huge like wildfire in my mind of like dude everything is run by the advertising and you know and all these news medias are not allowed to say certain things because you know they are literally drawing upon their they owe their existence to these gigantic corporations that are giving them money and if they say anything to you know any sort of like defamation they could get you know their funding poll, They're like blah, blah blah, and so I started really realizing it was like it was kind of a dark time because then it, it just like everything I was watching after that I was just like why why are they saying this why are they not saying this like and so I think you know any sort of media with no advertising run, like you know behind the scenes running it and pushing it in a certain direction it, I think I feel like that's what the world needs you know and I feel like it's really mind blowing that. That the mainstream media, you know, I I understand there's like, fucking bills to pay or whatever, but dude, the the news should be impartial, you know, and 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 I've always thought that, and it rarely, if not ever, is, you know, and it's that's really scary to me, dude. And I remember I I'm sure that's what I was like talking to Jen about, like, dude, like everything has advertising behind it, and. Yeah, it's I was really I was literally just watching a documentary the other day about advertising and how it's like spread beyond like your television or your phone. And now because it's penetrated so deep into mainstream culture, like when you hang out with your friends at a bar, you know, you're you're looking at what everybody's wearing and like, uh, you know, your average person that, you know, goes out and like all this shit. And it's super intense. Like it's impossible to get away from.
0: Yeah, totally. And it that you know, that um anxiety of always being surrounded by advertising and no matter where you go, you're entering some sort of corporate space where every single thing that you do is being monitored or mined for data that's then being, you know, codified and sold back to you or something like that. Um I feel like to me that anxiety is just everywhere, like in real life and also on the internet. Two, which is um I think why it's so important for people to sort of like uh think about that while they're just you know doing their daily um perusal of the internet and different websites they're on and just kind of like being more conscious of that and maybe you know working on making projects where they try to open space that feels just like a little bit less um uh like all consuming in that way um Mm. yeah so it's like I don't know it's really hard though because there are websites where like you don't even realize that maybe they're owned by this corporation or maybe they're mining this data or you like you get asked to put in your email address to have like a, a band song or something and like don't even really think about it and you're like yeah sure whatever but like I don't know, or like Spotify like collects like so much data from you, anything that's on your phone and like Yo, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I don't know, it's it's really hard to even um like talk about what advertising is anymore because when newspapers are just and magazines are in front of you, it's really easy to like flip through them and be like, That's an editorial, that's an advertisement, this is an article, this is trying to sell me something, but um with internet publications and also like what an internet publication is is so blurry to you because there are all different sorts of platforms on the internet that editorialize in different ways and that um don't want to admit that they're editorializing but they are like facebook um and so so thinking about like how value is extracted from um content online and like how corporations are making money off of digital space is so for the average media consumer, like I think it's pretty complicated. Um, Absolutely. so like when I, something that I think about with the media is like, what do we mean when we say ad free? And it's like, yeah, there's no banner ads, but like, there's also no data collected, no analytics, no. If you like this, you might like this. There's no tags. It's a very basic, there's like, you know, Um, it's way more than just like banner ads is I guess what I'm I'm getting at. Um, because the economy of like how people are being exploited just for reading or just for clicking or liking stuff, um, is so different now than like, you know, in the past, maybe you would like buy a magazine and you know buying the magazine was supporting a media corporation or something but now it's like you don't even need to buy anything all you need to do is like sit in front of your computer and depending on like which windows you have open and which things you're clicking and like maybe yeah. not even know that you're you're inadvertently um you know creating all of this value for all of these corporations and it's so it's so weird too because like These are like our computers like in our houses like in our bedrooms and it's Mm. such a personal experience to like be on your laptop like in your bed or something like just like reading away and it's like so wild that the act of like doing that like very personal thing can also just be like creating all of this this value for all of these uh corporations um but on that note, if those sorts of things are interesting to you, like I, my like understanding and vocabulary for so much of this stuff um, was like really like limited until um, in 2015, um, this uh, really um, smart um, writer and researcher named um, Dorothy Harrod um, worked on an immaterial digital labor issue with us for the media, and I don't remember exactly which number issue it was but if you um i could look it up i think it was like it was it was um it was around labor day 2015 so sometime in september 2015 but there were all different sorts of articles and interviews with with really really smart people um about yeah just like digital labor and like the economy economics of like advertising and like labor on online and stuff and to me that like really it was like these things that i've been feeling for so long finally had like a vocabulary and a way of like thinking about them in um a more specific way so that's like that's one of my favorite issues of the site that's ever happened and um, that sounds amazing always really yeah um uh, recommends that people check that issue out.
1: Yeah, I'll, we'll find that and I'll put it in the show notes because that sounds incredible. That sounds like some like my... <laughs> so how deep does... This is, you know, just me being curious, but how deep does that rabbit hole go for you? Like, are you... Like, I have a piece of tape over my camera right now. <laughs> like, you know, and like... And like, uh, I know I go to a meeting uh, where we have to leave our phones... Like outside because we're scared of the microphones being used and stuff like that. Like, are you, does that, does it go that deep for you? Or are you like a little worried about a lot of that stuff? Okay. I'm going to say it this. It should. It yes. should.
0: I actually like, I feel actually that the next few weeks, like some stuff that I have currently on my to do list is like, um, you know, getting a better chatting app for my phone and uh, mm-hmm. just being a little bit more. Cautious of um, my own online presence or something because I don't know. Do, yeah, yeah, so, me too. So that it, yeah, I feel like it goes deep in that I think about it a lot, but um, it doesn't always go as deep in the way that I carry out my digital interactions with people. But that I totally agree that those are really good practices and like, especially in the coming months, I think a lot of us will probably want to be more careful about the ways that we communicate with each other online. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah,
1: there, I think there's going something going on right now with the, uh, what is it? The Alexa or something. Um, did you read about this? There's a, you know, one of those, what is it? The Amazon echo or something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah and they're like trying to tap the information. There was a murder and the, prosecution is trying to tap the information front that was recorded on the amazon echo mm. and and i don't i don't think they're gonna get it but the f- simple fact that that's happening is absolutely terrifying yes. you know and and i remember that samsung this was like a year ago but samsung came out with like a smart tv where in the fine print it said that the microphone never turns off and people were tripping on it and then they had to like I don't remember uh what happened with that but i remember they had to like address it in some way like like yeah we don't turn this microphone off ever i'm i'm you know everybody knows i'm a little crazy but i will say that this happened to me in in real life like i have a group chat with my band and i screenshotted a picture of someone i didn't even know it was just a funny picture uh, and they were like wearing something funny or something. I can't remember. But I screenshot it and I was like, look at this fool. And I sent it to the group chat, right? And later that day, that person came up in my people you may know list on Facebook. Whoa. And I was like, I was telling the group. I was like, dude, this is next level. Because I didn't say any name. I It wasn't like, it was literally like, facial recognition yeah and i was tripping dude i was like whoa what the fuck and it's yeah it's scary
0: that is scary
1: i'm a total like i totally believe that pokemon go is being utilized by like the cia and in the nsa and shit and like you know how how could you get like footage and like a lay of a building that you have never seen before is like oh put a Pokemon hotspot in there and then everybody's like running to it to get the brand new Pokemon you know and 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 you're just utilizing their camera and their microphone it's fucking crazy yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's really fucked up um so I wanted to ask about like your writing and a lot of that stuff um. Well, one, do you have, like, a certain approach to, like, interviewing people? Like, I kind of – sometimes I'll just write down, like, guidelines of, of like, what I'm going to ask, but, like, really brief, you know, really broad things. Like, do you do, you do that? Also, has you, have you ever interviewed somebody that you've been like, whoa, this is sick? Like, I'm really excited to interview this person.
0: Um. Yeah, I feel like I have two different approaches to interviewing people, and – um. One is oh, oftentimes, especially with uh, musicians, it's often just sort of like just have a conversation with them. Yeah. And like like I, I feel like maybe because I've been interview- doing music writing for longer than other types of writing, it's just like more natural to just have conversations with people. And I think maybe because I'm like more immersed in the music world, it's easier to just sort of have like have very natural conversations with people um and then i have this other approach to doing interviews where i do like three days of research and i just like just like read everything i can find about someone and just write like really detailed questions because uh i feel like there's there's two different ways in that you can have a conversation and it could be really natural and interesting and you get a really like cool like glimpse into someone's world but then also sometimes if someone's been written about so many times, you want to make sure that you're having a conversation that they haven't already had a million times and that you're writing something that, um, you know, just like a, a different perspective on someone's work
2: totally. um,
0: or something. So, so I think it, yeah, it really varies depending on w- what the subject is, but I love doing interviews. It's one of my you know, favorite aspects of getting to mostly, I mostly write features, like I don't do a lot of news writing or uh-huh. like... Uh, commentary or editorials or something like it's mostly um, interviewing people and then doing reported features um, for like kind of like magazine style I guess Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so did you go to school for journalism uh, yeah, I actually went to school s- for magazine journalism, oh, okay. um, and at, at Boston University, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, minored in American studies. But honestly, like the only thing I really got out of college was being part of college radio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's how, you know, kind of how I, uh, took my interest in like because me and jen had been going to shows since we were like in ninth grade but i felt college radio is kind of when i had an opportunity to take my general interest in shows and music and sort of um just get a little deeper in my like knowledge of um music and diy and local the local music scene in boston and stuff so um yeah but as for my approach to Writing. I also. I mean, something that I think I, I try to do is like sort of if I'm writing about music or culture or art, just always sort of try to have like a bigger picture, um, like political context, social or political context for it. Which obviously like tons of people, um, also do. And um, but that's I don't know. I I really think that context is important. And I think that a lot yeah. of people, um, a lot of people's approach to music writing, um, is contextless or they just want to like listen to an album and or you know uh just write about what they hear or something and mm-hmm. I've never thought that separating art from artists is something that is very meaningful to me so uh, I always like to know about you know an artist's background and their like life and stories and like, what led them to making this thing otherwise it's uh you know just a little bit less relatable i think
1: yeah absolutely yeah yeah and i think it's helpful to you like when i started this it was a lot of like you know maybe someone could use some advice on like how to start their own publication or something like that you know someone at home
0: yeah and plus like i don't know obviously as a someone who's a very like much a advocate of diy, DIY and like all ages shows i just feel like People like stories are so powerful. I think that's probably why I think that like the context and knowing this, like artist's story and stuff is so important. Is that um you you want people to like who are just like kids at home like who have this favorite artist or whatever to like feel like if that's something that they want to do that like they could do it too. So hearing like you know a little bit or I don't know exactly. I I, I just think that people people. Like, music is a really powerful thing, but I th- also think that, like, stories and hearing, like, words can really help put it into perspective.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it's, like, you know, if, I, if, if I'm if i telling someone about how, like, when I moved to SF, I didn't know anybody, you know what I'm saying? And, like, had no money and, like, hit food banks and shit, you know? Maybe they're, like, oh, well, that fool didn't know anybody, you know? Like to fucking do it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. I think the context is very important. And I think like the background is also just very interesting. In- mm. Yeah. Was there anybody that you were super excited to interview? Or like oh. that was or 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 like afterwards their interview is like really meaningful, maybe?
0: Well, one that I got to do last year that I thought was really interesting. Um and uh was um interviewing this woman from bahrain named ezra al shafi for the media who um is like a human rights activist and um also runs this website called mid tunes.com and um that is like a website that's sort of like aggregates music from all different artists in the middle east and creates this sort of like radio mm-hmm. um sort of feature and like if you go onto that website and you press play it'll just like you can, you can hear artists from all over the Middle East. Um, like, you could, like, shuffle it and just listen to, like, tons of stuff or you could sort it by genre and stuff. And um, just talking about, like, the, like, political and cultural realities under which those projects um, were born and how, um, like, someone, like, really believing in the power of music to, um, like, connect people and, like, doing all this work, like, at such great risk to themselves and stuff was... Um, yeah, that was, like... We talked on Skype. That was probably like a year ago, but that sticks out to me as, um, something that was really, uh, inspiring. And, that sounds and amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a really cool conversation. It was on the media last year.
1: Well, so between, this is a big one for me cause like, dude, but between all this stuff, like you always have jobs going on. What are, what are some of the things that like help you stay so consistent? you know what i'm saying and 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 active whether it's like little routines that you have or is there something you do that's like totally unrelated to all this to like get away and like clear your mind and and stuff like that basically do you have any secrets to how you like stay so active with what you're doing and and in the consistency level
0: i kind of feel like it's always a learning process um and Uh, it's nice to hear you, like, say that everything that I'm doing sounds, like, consistent and stuff because I feel like it's always just, like, a process of trying to, like, get to that point and just I make tons of to-do lists, like, every day, make, like, a list of everything I have to do that day. Um, I used to make a list of everything I had to do the next day before I went to bed at night and then, like, the next day just, like, tackle it. But it's honestly, I don't know, I I haven't always thought of myself as, like, a super organized person, but just the past, like, few years and... Um particular from basically when I moved into Silent Barn and started doing Silent Barn stuff on top of writing stuff, on top of the media. Because when I moved in, I was already doing the media and writing, and that was already, like, so much. And I don't think that at that point I thought that, like, I could take on something else. And then – but also I really wanted to be involved in some sort of community in New York, so I really mm-hmm. wanted to be involved in Silent Barn. So, um, yeah, I think – I think I've just learned how to be really good at email and, and like really good at like calendars and having a planner and do list or something. Yeah. And it sounds so basic, but like uh Jeez. I used to be so bad at email and my friends and I joke about how much like 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 I me and other people I do calendar stuff with sil- at Silent Barn, just and like, you know, past people I've like lived with at Silent Barn have just joked about how, how much time we spend on email. But I think it's just like um like responding to people immediately if you can, and then, um, you know, I don't know. So just just lear- learning to be really good at like communicating. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um. Which also yeah sounds sounds simple, but um. Yeah, and it's it like I said, definitely always a learning process because part of, like I feel like with like organizing and silent bar and calendar stuff. It's really easy for me to work pretty fast, but, um, with writing, I can be really slow. So I think that's like something I'm always trying to get better at is like, you know, being, uh, yeah, just like learning. I don't know. It's hard. Cause like, I really actually like working slowly, but yeah. we, you know, sort of live in a culture that like demands that you do the opposite. And yeah. especially when you're doing like stuff in the media and, um, uh, music and stuff, like, it doesn't always allow you the space to take all the time that you would like to on projects. Um, so, yeah, maybe just sort of, like, pinpointing, like, which projects, like, have to be done really fast and, like, which ones, like, can be done. And also just kind of, like, being okay with things, not being happening as quickly as maybe the culture would like you to totally think that they have to be i know like for a while like when the media stopped being every week and started being like more of a slow project i you know i felt bad about it or something but i think that a lot of times like being able to like slow down a project can just make it more sustainable um so so yeah just like you know being organized about the things that like have to be done quickly but then also just kind of like being okay with things that, like, you can spend more time on is – that's been, like, a big part of uh, not driving myself nuts.
1: <laughs> Dude, I feel you. Yeah. It's funny how you talk about the emailing aspect of it because I've never really been in any sort of situation where I've been, like, inundated with emails. Um You know, like text and stuff, the group text, like Mm -hmm. band stuff, blah, blah, setting up shows or whatever. But yeah, when I since I recently started helping out with like all this planning for this other project and like um, we have like a pop up shop and I've been I've been like absolutely flooded with emails and i really recently within the past few days have been like oh this is a big problem i have because (laughs) i will literally get like seven emails and just not want to read them because there's so many of them yeah and and what you're saying about like if you can just respond immediately makes a lot of sense to me because i'm just like ooh and like same with the group text with the band dude it's like i will I'll, i'll pick up my phone and see that there's like 10 unread text messages and that will absolutely close the door me even looking into it or anything and it's just like I guess I get overwhelmed really easily
0: yeah it's funny because like people are often like oh what's it you know they hear that you're involved in this DIY community art space and probably think it's just this like you know lawless like wild <laughs> ride or something I'm like actually it's just like a lot of email yeah. <laughs> and it probably sounds so goofy being like you know I'll always just like oh like I can give you my tips for how to like keep your inbox organized like have Dude. these ones like I have you know I'm like it sounds so funny but I uh but it really is like part of making a, pro- a project happen and yeah. oftentimes you know the logistical behind the scenes work of like what makes a band happen or like an art project happen mm. or something isn't as like you know obviously glamorous as like people think it would be or whatever. Yeah. Or um, lawless as people think it would be or something.
1: Yeah my um, my phone literally my Gmail app has like six thousand unread emails oh, shit. and then my text thing has like five hundred unread text messages and it's like that number is very it like just lingers over my shoulder every single day
0: i would say anything that's uh six months ago or earlier just Just like just get rid of it don't look back archive it and just don't look back
1: yeah (laughs) yeah don't look back um well i think that's great so what where do you see and where would you like the media to go in the future what what what's I don't. I don't want to say end game, but like, what is ideal for you, and what developments would would you be happy about, and invite?
0: Yeah, well, I like think my main thing is that I'm almost like against the idea of like a growth for the project, and that like I think that the scope <laughs> is like fairly sustainable, and that um, you know, it it kind of works in its own weird way, but I definitely think that. This year, I felt like sort of like a renewed commitment to making sure that um, it's like from an editorial perspective, not just like so music centered and try to make sure we have like some um, more voices outside of just the music world. And maybe like, you know, make sure we're covering uh, just as much activism, Mm -hmm. media, technology, uh, um, politics, stuff like that. Um, but also, I don't know, this has kind of been a goal since the beginning, but having some sort of, like, print, um, element, Mm -hmm. definitely, on the horizon, I think, and, uh, we, we have this year-end meeting where, um, we, you know, it's a, a show and reading, and then it starts with a meeting, and I think it would be good to do, I think that right now, people are really, like, uh, just in need of like face-to-face meetings and stuff like that and mm. lo- less um less just like purely online interactions so that would be good more like um more in-person meetings yeah. maybe some sort of print element to it but um you know and it, it also it's like a project that's like i like help facilitate it but it's very much just based on like who's interested in doing Mm -hmm. stuff and who has ideas and who wants to like help make stuff happen. So I guess it'll also depend on like what happens this year and like who wants to be involved and help out in like various ways and stuff like that. So it's pretty unpredictable. Um, But yeah, I I just hope that, you know, people keep reading it and, and liking what they're seeing. Definitely something I've been thinking about a lot is how like, it's existed for, you know, over three years and there's so much amazing stuff on it, like writing and interviews and just like artwork by really talented people. But because of, um, <laughs> because of the format of the site, it's really hard for people to like find the stuff from like two years ago or like three years ago. Yeah. So the next big thing that I'm working on is um, sort of like a text archive. Um, that's just sort of like a text list of everything that we publish, so that's that people. We've always been against like a search feature or tags or whatever. Mm. So I think I'm just gonna make a big text list of all the links, so people can like control F if they wanna find something. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. Is, like kind of backwards, but I don't really care. No, I do. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, so so that's something I've been thinking about doing. Actually, I have like that's like this week. I wanna I wanna try to do that. Um, uh yeah if anyone has ideas or wants to be involved or has feedback or criticism like always looking for that as well yeah. um like super super open to like anyone's ideas my email address is just my name lizpelly at com. and like i mentioned i spent a lot of time in there so yeah. <laughs> like, feel free to get in touch with me yeah. <laughs> about anything
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah I put, i'll put all that in the show notes too cool. um and now get fucking ready because I don't know if you know this about this podcast, but we have like 7 million listeners every nice. single time. Um, ooh, that's ooh. a joke because we have like 40. Oh, but.
0: cool. <laughs> that's so much better. Well, yeah, that's like with the I'm media just, too is like we don't have analytics. So I've never known how many people read that's super or cool. anything like that. And it's almost like I have no idea. Yeah. And I have friends who are like are like social media professionals who are like, "What you just don't know," and I'm just like, "I just never thought to that it would be a good idea." It's not.
1: And- <laughs> I totally agree. Oh, and and like the the radio station I've been volunteering at is like, we make it a point to turn off the counters yeah. because it's like what you know, it's right? it's not. It's just that literal that little switch where you turn it off. Like when that's on, it creates this entirely different angle of what you're doing you know that one switch and if you turn it off it is instantly for the enjoyment that you have doing it and the importance that you believe you know i i I mean i
0: totally agree yeah. yeah it's like i don't know i i feel like uh sometimes it just kind of feels like an art project or something and that maybe if i Knew that x amount of people were clicking every time we published uh it would feel less like that or something Mm -hmm. or by the same on the same um at the same time like if i knew that like no one was reading maybe it would be like less motivating to do stuff um so yeah i just think it's better not to know like obviously we have social media profiles and like we know people who, like, share stuff and, like, comment on, like, you know, like, say stuff on Twitter or whatever. But, like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, I just started a newsletter. That's something I did last year. Because, like, at a certain point, it was starting to feel like we were depending way too much on social media as, like, Mm -hmm. the the primary way that people would find out about new issues. Basically, we would just, like, publish one and then go post it on Facebook and Twitter and that would just be, like, how the new issue was announced or whatever. And, Mm -hmm. obviously, like, I feel like the algorithms of what gets into your newsfeed are getting, like, more and more, like, Dude, fucked up and weird and, like, uh, unreliable and, like, sketchy and But you can pay, pay money yeah, to have more people exactly. see it. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's, like, so – it's it's so fucked. So, like, I don't know. I don't know if having a, a newsletter is the way to, to solve that either, but um, I was just – a lot, bunch of people had asked me if we had a newsletter. So um, I just made the newsletter, like, at the end of last year, and we haven't had a new issue since, but – issue 75 is like hopefully gonna be out this week um and uh yeah if you sign up for our newsletter you'll get a notification or like an email like um when that issue comes out and when all the future issues come out and um and it'll just be used for sending out an email when there's new issues and like when we have events coming up and stuff which is Mm -hmm. right now once a year
1: yeah that's cool Well, uh, oh yeah, I did want to ask you, um, is there other like independent publications that you've been super into or not, not to like rank any, and you don't have to obviously, but, uh, is there any, is there anybody that you've been like super into or, or independent publications that you feel like are really important to,
0: Well, I feel like like right now it's almost just like the one the independent publications that have always been mm-hmm. really important, or just ones that I like feel even more grateful or something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh so I don't know. It's probably like really basic answers, but I just try to listen to Democracy Now like every day, and mm-hmm. the only magazines I subscribe to are like In These Times and Yes Magazine, which are both like independent, That's um, cool. grass like sort independent political social conscious um cultural commentary Mm -hmm. um i really like the independent which is the newspaper that's around new york city that you could pick up um once a month and um i just discovered it like a year ago um but it's been it's been around for like 15 years i think um and i every time i see a new issue of that i'm just like super grateful that it exists and um, that's awesome uh yeah let me think Um, So, you know, like, for news, I feel, you know, super grateful that there are some, like, reliable, independent um, sources of news regularly. And then uh, for, you know, cultural stuff, like, um, I don't know, like I said, ones that have existed forever that you're a bit more grateful for. Like, Mm -hmm. always, um, I need to renew my subscription to Maximum Rock and Roll. I'm, like, always excited to, like, you know, um, that MRR exists. They're awesome. And uh we've like co-published some stuff with um MRR and it's cool just like uh to see like where the publications um overlap in in certain ways and stuff um and I found this I feel like actually the most inspiring news publication that I've stumbled across in the past few months is when I was in Europe in November I was like traveling with some friends in November and um I was in Bristol and found this newspaper called the Bristol cable. And I don't know really anything about it other than this one copy that I found while I was in Bristol. I've been really mean to research it, but it's a cooperatively owned newspaper by, I think it says uh, 3,500 members, which I think is so cool. It's basically like a community newspaper. You can pay a Euro or a pound a month um, for A membership, Mm -hmm. and then like once a year you get to go to a meeting and like vote on like um, how money is spent and different things related to the publication. So yeah, I I thought that was super cool, and I might be getting a few of those details wrong, but um I had never seen a cooperatively owned newspaper before, and Mm -hmm. I think that's such an inspiring model, um, and uh, like one to seriously think about, um, you know like how the model of a, a co-op can be applied to a um media platform is really interesting to me
1: yeah that's yeah. great yeah that's super cool um i really really appreciate you coming on here yeah because totally. like i don't know it's like the stuff a lot of stuff you do and are involved with are like really cool but on top of that like i think it's pretty important right so that's good um people write cool albums all the time but you know like this stuff like you know independent media and I've always said on this show from the very first episode that like information is the key to everything and so to meet and hang out and like witness someone actively involved in like the spread of information is like really fucking cool and I appreciate it and and a lot of the fools that listen to this show appreciate it too
0: thanks i totally agree and that's why like you know doing a podcast that 40 people listen to is also like really important you know like uh it's it's just like a way to directly reach a bunch of people and yeah like connect them with people who you think are cool like one of my favorite things that someone ever said about the media i think it was like it was i think sadie from speedy ortiz was like and I sorry if I mess up your quote, Haiti. But I think that she was like, Yeah, like I the media reading it just feels like my friends telling me like about other cool people I should know about and stuff. That's and that's kind of what this podcast seems like. It's just like, you know, yeah. telling like forty people about some cool stuff they should know about. <laughs> so, yeah, it's yeah. true.
1: And you know, I've I've been in it's you know, it's weird. I've been in the position where people have said, like, I like what you do, but then honestly, man, like like I played You know, when I play a show and someone comes up to me separately and says, hey, dude, like, I'm one of the fucking, you know, 25 people that like your podcast. That is like this, like, whoa, that's so fucking cool. You're amazing. Like, I've met a couple people that like, like solely through this. And that is like this. I mean, because naturally like this is what i'm interested in and like again information blah blah blah. so if i meet someone that's into that it's like whoa we have a lot in common and it's like this real i don't know it's just like it's i feel really appreciative when when i meet someone like that Mm. um
0: i totally agree and that's almost like why when you when you asked about like what's on the horizon for the media and i said i'm almost like anti-growth in a way is that right now like the number of people who Really follow the media is like pretty limited, but it like means so much more in that sense. Where it's the same thing, like I've like met people at shows and they've been like, Oh, like I read the media, like I loved this issue and this thing, and like that means so much because I know that you know it's like, a, um, it's it's uh, not you know, it just means that they they follow it and like, yeah. um, it's it's a meaningful connection, is what I'm saying exactly.
1: It's meaningful, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like an artist that like make something and a million people see it and 10 people like it and and they appreciate those 10 people more than anything you know and that's what i really like i've been super into that idea forever
0: yeah no i totally agree yeah yeah
1: all right liz pelly thank you so much uh the media uh everything yeah i'm super into that i really appreciate coming on here and um i live with you so i'm gonna see you all the time
0: yeah cool thanks for having me
1: all right Hell yeah. That was my interview with Liz Pelly. I told you, I fucking told you they're amazing. She's amazing. What the fuck? So, uh, yes, again, I'm very happy. Ha- ha- I'm very happy to have her on here, right? <sighs> H's. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. Um, before I leave you with the brand new field agent song, I who am speed, I would love, love, and this is a very special thank you because all, as you may remember, all of the last shows donations went to helping the Oakland ghost ship Fund. I don't remember how much it was, but it was something like 70 something bucks. So, which was really fucking cool. Um, so thank you, Michael Farsky. You're amazing. Also, I miss you. Uh, thank you, Brian Proto. You guys remember Brian Proto and then three names that, you know what, I really love these dudes. They're fucking amazing. I really appreciate their involvement, and and I'll get emails from these guys. And I just I just really appreciate everything. So thank you, Muhammad Abbasi. Thank you, Nate Berger. That's my brother. Uh, I love you. And thank you, Javon Kellogg. All you guys helped out. It went to a really good cause. And I personally, as someone uh, that came from the Bay area and that whole scene. I appreciate you and I appreciate your help and I really love you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, and you know, it made me happy to have any sort of platform that could help at all. Right? So I love you guys. Thank you. You guys are amazing. So to end the show again, uh, within the next month, I think it's like two weeks or something. Uh, will be coming out me and my friend mark Ganya, who you remember on here will be coming out with a split 12 inch uh it's field agent and granite mask and today i will premiere the new field agent song uh i who am speed okay i love you guys i'll talk to you soon peace